it's like coming home. We read you, thank you for your prayers. And, and it's amazing because you think about four, six weeks ago, the doctor at the eye hospital was saying, no, there's too much of a gap. We're going to do further procedures, probably mean two procedures. And um, didn't look good. And then he saw him four weeks ago and he said the same. He said, no, very little hope, but we'll give it another two weeks because then he can see the consultant himself. And then two weeks ago, wow, it's amazing. This is healing. It's just a small hole. Don't need the contact lens bandage anymore. And, and then this week, wow, it's, it's hardly anything. It's just it's like a sweat. It's just, and the pressure's good as well. That's amazing. So that's a great answer to prayer. Praise the Lord. Amen. Well, if you have a Bible this morning, turn to Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah chapter 40. I did pray a, pray a daring kind of prayer this morning. I said, Lord, it'd be great on the first song to have my message confirmed. That was, a, you know, it's just, probably I wouldn't have said nothing if it hadn't. <laughs> but I, I just prayed that. And then the first the first song had about rising up on wings like eagles. I thought it was great. So Isaiah 40, verse 27. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, and my just claim is passed over by my God? Have you not known, have you not heard, the everlasting God, the Lord, <coughs> the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary? His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak, and to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young man shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord <coughs> shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And then Exodus chapter 19. Exodus 19. Verse 3. Exodus 19, verse 3. And Moses went up to God, and the Lord called to him from the mountain, saying, Thus shall you say to the house of Jacob, and tell the children of Israel, You have seen what I did to the Egyptians, and how I bore you on eagles' wings, and brought you to myself. Now therefore, if you indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be a special treasure to me above all people, for all the earth is mine, and you shall be a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Amen. When you read Ezekiel chapter 1, Ezekiel gets a, in that chapter, gets an amazing vision of God, of the throne of God. And he sees four living creatures, four creatures, it says, each had the face of a man, each had the face of a lion, each had the face of an ox, and each had the face of an eagle. You might not think too much about that. You think, well, Ezekiel, he's a bit out there. It's a, one of those revelations. Maybe we don't understand it. 
But then we turn to the end of the Bible, to the book of Revelation, and we find that John on the Isle of Patmos, for the word of God's sake, he's been arrested, he's there uh, as a prisoner of the Romans, but on the Lord's day, he's in the spirit on the Lord's day, and, and he, has a, he too, in Revelation 4, has a vision of heaven, of the throne of God. And he too has a vision that includes four living creatures. A lion, calf, a man, and the fourth living creature is a flying eagle. This began to make me think, why? Why an eagle? Why, why, if you're going to describe God, if you're going to use some kind of figure to describe God, why choose an eagle? And so I thought, if I'm going to prepare a message about this, I need to find out a bit about eagles. And these are some of the things I found out about, about eagles. Eagles are the strongest of all birds. An eagle, if it flies and, and catches you by the forearm, it can break your forearm. Eagles are the most fearless of all birds. Eagles are the most majestic of all birds. As a lion to the beasts, so an eagle is to birds. An eagle has keen eyesight. Listen to this. An eagle can see a fish jump out of water five miles away. Wow. We might manage about 400 meters. But that's why when someone sees something, you think, wow, you've got eagle sight. It's a phrase people sometimes use. Pilots have seen eagles fly at 15,000 feet. How do they get up that high? Well, they just spread their wings, which can be up to eight feet wide and, and span, and, and they just use air currents, and they get higher and higher. Eagles can fly at 100 miles an hour. What was that? It's an eagle. Even the Bible says that. If you think, well, that's a bit far-fetched. No, it's not. Habakkuk 1, verse 8. God's speaking to Habakkuk. He's telling him about the Chaldeans going to come and invade. They're going to come in fast and take over the land. And he says, they fly as an eagle that hastens to eat. Well, they understood even then how fast an eagle flies. Even cruising it does six miles an hour. So no wonder, when you start to think of some of the things, we, we'll look at some others in a moment, but when you start to even look at those features, attributes, if you like, of an eagle. When you look at to, to try and find some earthly creature, obviously nothing can compare to our God. An eagle is powerful, but not all-powerful. An eagle is seeing, but not all-seeing. You might see five miles, but God sees everything. An eagle is fast, but God is even faster. An eagle might ascend on high, but our God is the highest of all. An eagle might be the, the king of birds, but our God is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. That's why in the, the gospel representations, you know, it's, it's Matthew who, who paints a picture of Jesus, the Jewish Messiah, the, the, the son of Abraham, the son of David. And, and so he's, he pictures the lion of the tribe of Judah. 
in Mark's gospel, it's Mark who, who portrays Christ as servant who came not to be ministered to, but to minister and give his life a ransom for many. And so he's the, there's the ox and the calf. Then, then, then Luke is, is Jesus, the, the son of man. Luke the doctor brings out the man, Christ Jesus, the man in that, those images. But John, it's, it's the, he depicts Jesus, the son of God. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, and all things were made by him and so on. The word became flesh. And, and so there's the, the flying eagle. So I began to look further into this. I thought, wow, there's something here we maybe need to get to understand a little bit about what the Bible says. It's not just once, it's not just twice, it's several times, many times. The Bible mentions about eagles. And so I was drawn to this. And I believe that in what I'm about to share, there's a word for one or more people here this morning. I know it spoke to me, so I'm all right because it spoke to me first. And so we're going to look at three different passages regarding eagles because it's got a word for us this morning and the first one we've already glanced at is in Exodus chapter 19 verse 3 to 6 in verse 4 it says you've seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagles wings and brought you to myself so we begin to look at eagles this morning a bit more. We, we begin with young eagles, with eaglets. Now to have young eagles, you need a mum and dad eagle. And that was an interesting study, may I say. It is said that eagles find their partner at about the age of four or five years old. But having found their partner... Eagles remain faithful and loyal until they die. You didn't know that before, did you? They remain faithful and loyal, not like so many others in the animal kingdom. They remain faithful and loyal until they die. That can be as much as 38 years. Wow, what an example of faithfulness, of loyalty in a relationship. But not just that, eagles then, together, they build their nest. In some high and lofty place, it might be four or five feet wide and two to four feet deep. It's a big nest. And together they line it with down and with fur and all nice soft things, ready for when the eggs are laid. And then, is another thing that's not usual in the animal or the bird kingdom both the male and female eagles take it in turn to sit on the eggs to incubate the eggs I thought wow wow there's a lot we could do a message on marriage just from eagles faithfulness and loyalty in marriage staying true to your partner Companionship in marriage. Working together to make marriage work. I thought that's something, isn't it? You know, in the beginning, you know, God made male and female in his image and after his likeness, as in Genesis 1. 
verse 26. Then it goes on into Genesis 2. And it's in a rerun in a bit more detail. And it says that God had created Adam from the dust, as we know. And, and he named the animals. But God looked and saw it was not good for man to be alone. And so in Genesis, God says, I know what I'll do. Chapter 2, verse 18. I'll make man a, someone to be his servant. Anybody's Bible say that? You didn't respond very well then. Should have been gasped. No! I'll make someone to do his bidding. No, 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 no. I'll make him a helpmate, a companion to work together in partnership. That's the original plan of God. Partners working together. And in the animal, the bird kingdom, God says, take a look at the eagles. You want a successful marriage? Well, spend some time studying eagles. You won't go far wrong. Loyalty, faithfulness, companionship, working together, sharing the chores, whatever. Wow. God says, there's the eagles. There's the eagles. Well, that was a bit of a digression, really, because we're talking about young eagles, but that's how you get young eagles. And so young eagles are born, and obviously in that nest, if, even if it's in a high and lofty place, they're vulnerable. They're weak and vulnerable. And if a predator comes, if some animal, some thing that can climb up into those places comes, then the Bible says this, or the nature says this, that what the mother eagle will do, while the father eagle comes and frightens off the predator, the mother eagle will take those eaglets on her wings and fly. With the eagles on her wings to a place of safety or to a higher height that is safe until the danger is gone. And that's what this scripture is saying in, in Exodus chapter 19. God says, you've seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagles' wings. Of course, it's figurative. But what it's saying is, yes, when Pharaoh came, when that great predator came, when, when he came to, to crush the children of Israel, you know, after the night of the Passover, they'd left Egypt. Then Pharaoh had a change of heart and mind. He brings all his armies and his chariots and it seems that, that Israel trapped the people, the children of Israel trapped the Red Seas before the mountains either side. And Pharaoh's army is coming up behind him and they just think we're going to die in the wilderness. We're, we're vulnerable. We're weak. We're trapped. But God says, I bore you on eagle's wings. Where there was no way, God says, I made a way. Where there was no way, I made a way. And God parted the sea. You know the story so well. They went through the sea. And then afterwards the Egyptians tried to follow them. And the waters came back. And they were all drowned. God said, I bore you on eagles' wings. I bore you on eagles' wings. And as I was preparing this, I felt there might be somebody here or some, more than one, here. And you're going through some things and you feel, wow, I, I feel I'm being attacked. I'm going to get through this. 
Lord would speak to you and say this morning, the battle is not yours. The battle is the Lord's. And the Lord would say to you this morning, I'm going to bear you on eagle's wings. Keep focus upon me. And though the enemy comes, though the predator comes, even though that difficulty comes, God says, I'm going to cause you to rise up out of that difficulty. Out of that difficulty. I'm reminded of that well-known sort of um, writing you see on cards and things about the footprints in the sand. This person has a vision, a dream of his life. And, and when things are going good, he sees two sets of footprints in the sand. He, he sees the Lord walking with him and there's two sets of footprints in the sand. But then he notices in his dream that when the difficulties come, when the troubles come, there's just one set of footprints in the sand. And then when things get better again, there's two sets of footprints. And so he says to God, he says, God, why is it when things are going well and when things are going easy, there's two sets of footprints. But the moment that things get tough and hard, there's only one set of footprints. Where are you in those times, God? And the answer comes back. During the difficult times, during the hard times, I was carrying you. I was carrying you. God says, I bear you on eagle's wings. I encourage us to fix our focus upon him. The battle, the situation you go through, think, oh God, but he's going to carry you through. Cast all your care upon me, for I care for you. In the words of that old hymn, burdens are lifted at Calvary. Jesus is very near. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And he'll just lift you up. Fix your eyes on him. Praise the Lord. So that's the first thought I saw as I began to look a bit more into eagles and the behavior of eagles. There's other scriptures we could throw in there like Psalm 91 verse 4. He hides me under his wings. Again, it's a it's looking at this kind of picture of the eagle and just shading the young eaglets and protecting them. But let's move on to another um, aspect of eagles this morning. And that's found in Deuteronomy 32 and verse 11. If, if the first thought about eagles has made you comfortable, then as advanced warning, the next thought about eagles is going to make you uncomfortable. Anybody ready to be made uncomfortable? You're not very responsive this morning. Deuteronomy 32 verse 11. As an eagle stirs up its nest, hovers over its young, spreading out its wings, taking them up, carrying them on his wings, so the Lord alone led him. As the eagle stirs up its nest, hovers over its young. What's this talking about? Well, those nice fluffy 
little eaglets. They begin to grow, and his mother and father eagle bring in their nice juicy bits of rabbit and lamb or whatever they bring in for them. As they grow stronger and stronger, they can't stay in the nest. They can't stay in the nest. And so there comes a moment when Mother Eagle begins to throw out the down and throw out the fur and throw out the nice lining of the nest. And the nest begins to get uncomfortable. The nest gets prickly and the nest gets, whoa, what's going on here? You can imagine those eagles begin to whine and complain, hey, Mom, what are you doing? You know, we don't like this. And if that's not bad enough, the mother eagle then, with those big claws, begins to give them a boot and kicks them to the edge of the nest. And if that's not enough, then, and by the way, they have not been fed, they're made to feel hungry before this happens. So they're not being fed, they say, hey, where's my dinner as well, you know. And then, they get the edge of the nest and then they're given a boot. And suddenly this eaglet sort of, ah! You know, this nest is a few hundred feet up from some rock or whatever. And suddenly the eaglet's, ah, what do I do? And they're just crashing down in free fall. But before they crunch into the ground, Mother Eagle comes down and catches them on her wing, back up. Takes them back to the edge of the nest. Then it's another eaglet's turn. Another one's kicked out. And this process goes on until those eaglets begin to realize they've, they've developed wings. And actually, as they begin to use those wings, they can begin to fly. Because they were not destined for the nest. They were destined to fly. And to soar. And to go higher and higher and higher. They've already said they can get up to 15,000 feet. Wow. And so the young eaglets, it's not a very pleasant process. It's a very uncomfortable process. But through the process, they come to their destiny, which is to fly. Which is to fly. And this is where it gets uncomfortable for us. Because I believe the word of the Lord to us is this too. God says, I want you to fly. God says, I want you to rise up on wings like eagles. To mount up on wings like eagles as we sang and as I read earlier. To go higher and higher. To reach levels in the spirit. To begin to experience experience your destiny in God but in order for that to happen God says I've got to stir the nest I've got to stir the nest in fact I had an amusing word when I was thinking about this I felt the Lord say I don't want you to be a turkey. I want you to be an eagle. Say that to the person next to you. God says, I don't want you to be a turkey. I want you to be an eagle. 
Yeah, you can be a turkey if you want. Turkeys, oh, it's quite pleasant life being a turkey. You're scratching around there in the dirt and you're getting fed every day and you're getting fed more and more. And you think, oh, I'm eating, wow, scratching around. But it's the same every day. It's the same every time. God doesn't want you to be a turkey. And when it gets to December, it's bad news to be a turkey. God says, I want you to fly. Ah, oh, are you a turkey Christian? You've never been asked that before, are you? It's just offensive. I don't know if it's politically correct or not, but are you a turkey Christian? Or are you an eagle Christian? Are you an eagle Christian? God says, I want you to fly. But the process by which God gets us to fly, it can mean that our nest is stirred. Oh, and none of us say, oh, I like comfort. I like comfort. And God says, yeah, but comfort's not good for you. You're not going to grow. You're not going to experience great things in the Spirit if you stay in the nest. God says, no, I, I'm going to stir the nest. The early church. We often think the Jerusalem church was an amazing church. And truly it was. A day of Pentecost was an amazing time. The Spirit fell and they were all filled with the Spirit. And, and Peter gets up and preaches and 3,000 get saved. Wow, exciting. And it says in Acts 2, they devoted themselves, they addicted themselves, they gave themselves the apostles' doctrine, fellowship, breaking of bread, and prayers. He's saying, wow, that's revival, it's amazing. Then, a bit later, a lame man is healed, and 5,000 is saved. And, and wow, and, and, and even though they have a, bit of, a little bit of uh, resistance from the, the, the Jewish ruling council the, the, of that time, Yet uh, the Spirit again, they have a framing and the Spirit falls again. And wow, it's wonderful. But actually, they need to get out of the nest. Because God had said, not going to Jerusalem and reach the lost. God had said, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the uttermost parts of the earth. The day of Pentecost was marked by a new sign. In the Old Testament, the Spirit fell on people, they prophesied. In the New Testament, in Acts, when the Spirit fell upon people, they spoke in tongues. It was a sign. God saying, look, there's a world. Different nations, different languages to be reached. And the church at Jerusalem was getting really comfortable. Yes, the priests were getting saved. Lots of good things were happening. But they were comfortable. In essence, they were comfortable. And God says, it's not just Jerusalem. So what did God do to, to get them to get out, to start to fly? Well, there's a bit of persecution. He started to stir the nest. He started to stir the nest. And so they had to leave. And, and Philip goes to Samaria, and God does amazing things. People get up as far as Antioch, and, and God does amazing things, and they're nicknamed Christians there. And, and God does great things, and God is moving by His Spirit, and they begin to fly. In Antioch, they begin to worship God in the Spirit, and, and they spend hours in worship, and God speaks and says, separate me, Barnabas and Paul, for the work where I've called them, and, and they go out further and further. They fly. It took a bit of stirring. It took the nest to be stirred, for all of that to unfold, and for all of that to happen. It's the same in our lives. We love comfort. We love routines. We love everything to stay the same. 
That's our human nature. But spiritually, God says, sometimes I have to stir the nest because I want you to grow. The trial of your faith be more precious than gold, though it be tried with fire, might be found to praise, honor, and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. 1 Peter chapter 1 says that. God wants our faith to grow and wants our faith to develop. He doesn't want us turkeys. He wants to be egos. He wants to fly and reach those higher heights. Begin to see things that you can only see by the Spirit of God. That's excitement. It's not religion. Religion is turkey land. But living in the Spirit is eagle land. Hallelujah. And that's where God wants us to be. You know, it's not easy in our lives. I thought, oh, you know, it happens to all of us. So don't think, oh, it's just this is a word for younger ones or something. No, it's for all of us. Because in this year 2019, I thought, oh, this is the year that I reach a significant age. Although my pension doesn't come till September, but state pension. <laughs> it's that significant age. And so you think, oh, well, maybe we just begin to just, you know, enter into sort of cruise control. And maybe it's time just to be just a bit less whatever. I felt like that too much. But... I tell you, beginning of this year, God says, I'm going to stir the nest. I'm going to challenge you, make you pray, make you believe. Even things that you thought were fixed, even the place where you live or anything. I, I can challenge all of that in a moment, in a way we didn't expect. Wow, the, the nest begins to get stirred. And I think, okay, wow. Whatever else I might have thought when I get to age 65, God says, I've got an adventure. God says, it's time to fly. God says it's time to go higher and higher. It's time to see things by the Spirit you've never seen before. God says, come on, we're going to do it. Hallelujah. Are you with me in that? Don't be a turkey. Say, hey, today I determined not to be a turkey Christian. You've never prayed that prayer before. I determined to be an eagle Christian. I determined to fly. To mount up on wings like eagles. Wow. I'm glad we got those songs. Adele, I'm glad we got that song. Because hey, every time you sing it now, you can be reminded. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Yes, new realms of faith, new heights in the spirit. So he carries us on eagles' wings. He stirs up the nest that we might fly. But one last thought on eagles. Psalm 103. Psalm 103. I guess this, I would count this amongst my favorite psalms. Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who likes benefits? God's blessings. You know, we live in a benefit culture, or it seems that way sometimes, but 
Nothing compares to the benefits of our God. What are they? Verse 3, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. So that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Anyone up for that today? Still no response. Oh, there's a few now. <laughs> yes, youth renewed. I, I, I used to think, how does, he, how does an eagle renew its youth? And you hear all these sort of myths and stories about, you know, an eagle flies up to sun and something and all that. I'm not sure I believe that. So let's look at some proper books and find out really what this is all about. And when that young eagle is growing, we've already alluded to that, obviously when it's first born, it's just like any sort of chick or anything like that. It's sort of all downy and soft and whatever. And then it's just the feathers start to grow. But obviously with the growing process, you're constantly rechanging and changing and changing. And so I discovered this, that when an eagle gets about four or five years old, their feathers fall out. It's already happened probably a few times before, but this is getting a bit more serious now. Age four or five, their feathers fall out. They look weak. They look sickly. They look old. And they look ragged. I was about to ask, does anyone identify with this? But that's... then their feathers begin to grow again. And it's then at the age of four or five that they get their full, if you like, adult eagle feathers. The, their plumage, their feathers, looks at its most majestic and most beautiful. Because that's, you remember what I said earlier, that's when they start to fall in love. You know, Mr. and Mrs. Eagle, age four or five. Now when they got their new, now new feathers and they look the part and woo, you know, look at me, Mr. Handsome Eagle type. <laughs> and, and they get those new feathers. And that, you know, the scriptures, it, I've already said like Habakkuk, in the book of Habakkuk, it talks about flying like an eagle, fast to eat its food. And, and the scripture is always using these eagle references. So they understood something in Bible times. They'd watched, they'd seen. They understood something about the behavior, the attitudes of eagles. And, and the psalmist here is saying, yes. You renew my youth like the eagles. Yeah, when I'm feeling like feathers have fallen out. And I feel weak and I feel sickly. I feel old and I feel ragged. Thank you, Jesus. You can renew my youth like the eagles, so I can look actually majestic and, and, you know, just the part and just handsome, pretty, whatever. But how does it happen? Well, look through those benefits because in verse 5, it ends the benefits by saying, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. So that. So things before are actually things that happen so that 
Your youth can be renewed. Wow. So what, we want to know this youth renewing process. Then we look at the benefits. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Well, that's what you must do. You must bless the Lord. You must praise the Lord. I guess that in itself is a rejuvenator. Praise is a rejuvenator. If you're feeling struggling and difficult and a bit worse for wear, start praising. I promise you that praising God and praising Him in the Spirit, praising is a rejuvenator in itself. Praise the Lord. Bless the Lord of my soul and forget not all his benefits. Here's benefit number one towards youth renewal. Who forgives all your iniquities. Wow, when the weight of sin is taken away. Sin that destroys and sin that wastes away lives. When sin is washed and sin is cleansed. Oh, that's step one. Oh, that we might come to the cross and know what it is to have our sin forgiven. We might come to the cross and know what it is to be justified, declared righteous, that is, through the blood of Jesus. Oh, we might come to the cross and know what it is to be set apart for our God, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases. To come to Him, Jehovah Rapha, and know His healing touch. Who redeems your life from destruction. That's a great rejuvenator to know that you're not going to face the prospect of eternity in hell in a place far removed from the presence of God. Oh, that, no one wants to be there. To live without the fear of death over your life. To know that you have the assurance of eternal life. That you're a child of God destined for heaven who redeems your life from destruction who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Oh, to spend time just meditating upon the grace of God and to feel that grace and to feel that anointing just flowing like a crown coming from your head right over your body. And say, God, it's because of your grace, your loving kindness, your tender mercies. Oh, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Wow. You know, that, that's rejuvenating. Who satisfies your mouth with good things. Oh, to know God's blessing, God's provision, God's help, God's faithfulness. And when we know those things, our youth is renewed like the eagles, no longer weak and sickly, old and ragged but new plumage, new feathers that we might fly and mount up on wings that we might take our place in the highest heights we've been made to sit with Christ in the heavenly places he's blessed us with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places oh that we might attain to that praise the Lord are you a turkey? I know which I want to be. I want to be an eagle. I want to be an eagle. Because I have a God who, when I'm being attacked, He's a God who fights for me, who carries me on eagle's wings. I have a God who, 
I'm comfortable and I like being comfortable, but he knows that that's not always good for me. He'll stir my nest that I might fly. Move in the spirit and not just become complacent and laid back. I have a God who will use my youth. If I take hold of his benefits, he will use my youth. So I can feel young and refreshed in the spirit because of his presence. Hallelujah. You shall mount up on wings like eagles. Amen. Let's pray together.